what I was saying, I hope the person can hear us now. What I was saying is that I'm starting with a story that talked about a prophet in the Bible who was a very great prophet, a very, very great prophet, a prophet that once commanded fire to fall from heaven. But this same prophet at a point in his life became depressed. This same prophet at a point in his life began to run away from the enemy. And God began to reassure him. God began to help him out. And I know it is not uh, surprising to see some of us today who are also running away. We are tired of life, tired of different things in the uh, that has been that we've been going through. We are tired of everything. Some of us have given up. Some of us are about to give up. Some of us are already contemplating giving up. But this morning, I believe that the Almighty God will minister to you in the name of Jesus. I'd like for you to turn your Bibles to the book of 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1. Timothy is in the New Testament. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1. How can you locate Timothy? It is very easy to locate Timothy if you go to the last book of Revelations in the New Testament and just back up. As you back up, you might stumble on Hebrews, you might stumble on Peter, just keep backing up. Once you stumble on Hebrews, on Hebrews, you have to back up like three times. You're going to see Philemon behind Hebrews, and then you're going to see Titus behind Hebrews, and then you will see 2 Timothy, but this time around we are looking at 1 Timothy. And if you find yourself in Philippians or Colossians, just move forward, you will see Thessalonians, and then you will see... First Timothy. So by the grace of God, this morning, I'm going to be sharing with you the topic, overcoming the crisis of faith. Overcoming the crisis of faith. And we're going to read the book of First Timothy chapter 1, chapter 4, I beg your pardon, verses 1. The Bible says, but the Holy Spirit explicitly, explicitly and unmistakably declares that in latter times, some will turn away from the faith paying attention instead to deceitful and seductive spirits and doctrine of demons. I'd like to also read the book of Psalms. Psalms chapter 13 verses 1 to 4. Psalms is in the Old Testament. Psalms is in the Old Testament. Psalms 13 and I'm going to be reading from verses 1 to 4. The book of Psalms chapter 13 verses 1 to 4. The Bible says, how long, O oh Lord? How long? How long, O oh oh Lord? I know some of us have been like this. Some of us, this is what is in our heart, in different areas of our lives. How long, O oh Lord? How long will you forget me forever? It says, will you forget me forever? How long, O oh Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart, day after day? How long will my enemy exalt himself and triumph over me? Verses 3 says, Consider and answer me, O Lord my God. Give light, that is life, to my eyes, or I will sleep the sleep of death. And verses 4, he says, and my enemy will say, I have overcome him, and my adversaries will rejoice when I am shaken. Ladies and gentlemen, once again, I'm going to be talking to you by the grace of God on the topic, overcoming the crisis of faith. And I'll start with the fact that 
You need to know that Satan, the devil, the enemy, is a deceiver. Satan is a deceiver. And all the devil does, as we read in 1 Timothy 4, 1, is to see how he can turn people away from faith, turn people away from anything that is of God. All the devil does is to see how you can doubt God, how you and I can give up on God. That's why you see people reflecting on unanswered questions. I've met people in San Antonio, Texas and some other parts of the U.S. that would tell me and say, hey, you're talking to me about God. I don't believe God exists. Some would just say, well, I think there's a higher power somewhere. While some don't even believe in Jesus at all. People go through different things in life and they have unanswered questions. They go through suffering. They see a lot of injustice. I remember a man, I think last month to be precise, was talking to me how he lost his father. His father was a pastor serving God. Oh, latterly. Yet his father was murdered in cold blood. And because of that, he stopped going to church. Because of that, he stopped believing in God. There was somebody else who was telling me how can God allow good things to happen to bad people? That if God is truly good, why was 9-11 allowed to happen? People have unanswered questions about suffering, injustice, and they reflect on those things. So to them, they've been exposed doubt about God. Doubt about the existence of the Almighty. Why? Because Satan is a deceiver. And all he does according to 1 Timothy chapter 4 verses 1 is to turn people away from faith. Is to make sure that people pay attention to deceitful doctrines. When I talk about doctrines, I'm talking about beliefs of demons. Doctrines of the devil. Of the devil. Seducive spirits. That's what the devil does. The devil also makes people to begin to engage in intellectual reasoning. They begin to engage in science. To try to explain why there is no God. That is what the devil does. Injustice. You see people saying, why do we allow kids to suffer? Why did he allow COVID-19 to strike and people are dying? People lost their jobs. This man said, I lost my father. My father was a pastor. You will see people who lose their job and then they begin to question our God and how faithful he is, if God really exists. People go through sufferings in life and that makes them to begin to doubt God. As a matter of fact, if you doubt God because of what you are going through, I understand because God too mentioned it in the book of Proverbs. If you read the book of Proverbs, chapter 13, Proverbs is after the book of Psalms in the Old Testament. Proverbs 13, verses 12. It says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick. So you are expecting things to happen, good things, great things, but nothing is happening yet. And it's what? Taking forever. You're expecting that letter, you're expecting that check, you're expecting something to happen in your life. 
but it's not happening, it's taking forever. The Bible says in Proverbs 13, 12, that hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when the desire, when that breakthrough comes, when the desire is fulfilled, it says it's a tree of life. Ladies and gentlemen, disappointments, problems, adversity, and challenges often lead to depression. That's why people go through agitation. Some people will develop a high blood pressure. Some people will start getting angry at God. In fact, because of all that is, they are going through, they can begin to withdraw from church. Like this young man who stopped going to church. He stopped believing in God. He began to see no value in the Bible, no value in the Word of God. As a matter of fact, some people will start losing appetites. They won't be able to eat. They will lose sleep. Sometimes they might pace around. Some people might begin to experience withdrawal. They don't want to associate with anyone. A young man was telling me last week or some weeks ago, he said that I don't even want to go to anybody. I don't want to go to visit anyone. People ask me to come out, but I just see myself withdrawing into my closet. Why? Because he's having an expectation and he's not showing forth until depression is setting in. He's losing appetite. He doesn't want to associate with people anymore. We, so we often would experience denial too in life. And because of these denials, this confusion, this lack of appetite, sleep, experience of withdrawal, it might result to emotional outbursts. So somebody is talking to you, the next thing you just start talking, yelling, and all that. But you are not alone. You are not alone. Why do I say that you're not alone? Because the story I told you earlier on is an example for us to look at too. In the book of 1 Kings, in the Old Testament, 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 1 to 4. 1 Kings, in the Old Testament, if you can find yourself to Genesis, just keep moving forward. Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. Maybe you stumble on Joshua quickly. Good. Just keep moving forward. If you see Judges, go ahead. Roots, First Samuel. Once you can locate First Samuel, the next book will be Second Samuel, and then you have First Kings. So First Kings chapter nineteen. First Kings chapter nineteen, and I'm going to read from verses one to four. The book of First Kings, like I said, is in the Old Testament, and it is after Second Samuel. Uh, you will see First Kings. First Kings nineteen, from verses one to four. The Bible says. Now Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, and I had killed all the prophets of Baal with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah, saying, So may the gods do to me, and even more, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like the life of one of them. And Elijah was afraid, and arose and ran for his life. And he came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and he left his servant there. But he himself traveled the day journey into the wilderness, and he came and sat down under a juniper tree and asked God that he might die. He said, It is enough. Now, O oh Lord, take my life, for I am no better than my father's. Elijah was a man of God, highly anointed. He had called down fire from heaven before. In fact, he had performed so many miracles. But what do we see here? He became somebody depressed. He became someone who was suicidal. 
He became someone who was beginning to have emotional outbursts. Look at all that he did. Elijah too began to experience withdrawal. The Bible said that he left his servant there. And he went into the wilderness. Are you here? You also want to be alone? Are you here? You've lost appetite. You've given up anyway. You're no longer seeing value in God. Elijah, Elijah gave up. He told God, God, kill me. I just want to die. So you are not alone because Elijah also struggled with depression. He got discouraged. Elijah was going to give up on serving God. But what you need to know in how you can overcome the crisis of faith is that what usually will feel like the end I'm giving up is usually the beginning of a new chapter in our lives. Because when you are pressed to the end you never know it might be the beginning of a new chapter in your life. So this story of Elijah Today, in our time, and now it's applicable, you will see that Satan has been deceiving so many people. Of all people who should be depressed. So you might think it is just you. You might think it's just uh, uh, you that is having all this problem. No! Everyone on earth, whether you are a pastor or not, Elijah in those days was like the general overseer or the most senior pastor in the whole world. So imagine someone of that pedigree, of that status and title, also going through depression. <laughs> Can you imagine someone of that status who is highly anointed? Have you ever seen anyone stand up except they have voodoo or some magic and say, hey, fire from heaven fall. And you will see physical fire fall, like real life. This is not some uh, home video Hollywood drama. No, this is real life. Those days it said fire fall and fire fell. And then he said that, People who were serving other gods should be killed and they were slaughtered. This was the reason why Jezebel was after his life. Jezebel swore and knew that he's going to kill Elijah like he killed other people. So you've been serving God. You didn't give up your virginity. And today, you're being threatened. Threatened because you don't have any child of your own. Despite the fact that you did not mess around. You were dating, you didn't mess around, and you should have your own child now, but it's not happening. And you're like, you know what? This is all crap. Because those friends of mine who were messing around, they have like the third and the fourth and the fifth children. You were the one who was going to church every day, yet you don't have a job. And other people who were living their life recklessly, they're doing very well. You are serving God. Elijah was serving God. But he was going to give up on serving God. Right now, are you giving up on some things in your life? You've been paying tithes and yet you're not seeing anything. You've been paying your offering. That's why you've stopped giving offering. You've stopped committing to serve God. Because you are the one that will be in the church early. You are the one that will leave church late. You serve God with the whole of your heart. And I'm not talking of pretend. I'm not talking of a wrong motive. I'm talking of you really, really giving your whole life to Jesus. You doing everything from the bottom of your heart. 
you sacrifice sin to God, yet nothing is happening. And that's why the devil is trying to bring deceits through his doctrines, through seductive spirits, through science, through you having that anger towards God. COVID-19 took that child away and that was the only child. COVID-19 came, you lost your job. You were doing everything you can, yet bad things are happening to you. What feels like the end is often the beginning of a new chapter in our lives. In this same book of 1 Kings chapter 19, let's see what Elisha went through after he wanted to commit suicide. Elisha was going to take, Elijah, I beg your pardon, was going to take his own life. But let's see in verses 5 to 8 what now happened to him. Because what we are looking at now are examples of crises of faith in the Bible. And Elijah is who we are studying. Verses 5 of 1 Kings chapter 19, the Bible says, He laid down and slept under the juniper tree. And behold, an angel touched him and said to him, Get up and eat. He looked. And by his head, there was a bread cake baked on hot coal and a pitcher of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. Then the angel of the Lord came again the second time, a second time, and touched him and said, Get up and eat, for the journey is too long for you without adequate sustenance. So he got up and ate and drank. And with the strength of that food, he traveled 40 days and nights to Horeb, that is Sinai, the mountain of God. And from verse 19, from, from verses 9 to 18, it says, There he came to a cave and spent the night in it. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and he said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? He said, Have been very zealous, in passion for the Lord, God of hosts. Proclaiming what is rightfully and uniquely his. For the sons of Israel have abandoned your covenant, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets with this sword. And I, only I, am left. And they seek to take my, away my life. You said to God, to God, what is all this? Despite all my offerings in church, my tithes, despite me being an usher in church, despite me being a pastor, people abandon you, some are becoming gay, bisexual, homosexuals. People are committing murder, shooting and killing themselves. People are committing abortions. Doing all sorts of evil. God, what's going on? Just kill me. Just like you're not there anymore. And then they want to kill me. They're after me. In my job, because I'm not compromising, they're after me. Verses 11. God talking now. So he said, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord was passing by, and a great and powerful wind was tearing out the mountains and breaking the rocks in pieces before the Lord. For the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was the sound of a gentle blowing. When Elijah heard the sound, he wrapped his face in, in his mantle 
and went out and stood in the entrance of the cave. And behold, a voice came to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? He said, I have been very zealous for the Lord of hosts. Because the sons of Israel have abandoned your covenant, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. And I, only I, am left, and they seek to take away my life. The Lord said to him, Go, return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when you arrive, you shall anoint Azel as king over Haram, that is Syria. And you shall anoint Jehu, the son of Nimshi, as king over Israel. And anoint Elisha, the son of Shaphat, of Ebel Meholah, as prophet in your place. It shall come to pass, it shall come about, that Jehu shall put to death whoever escapes from the sword of Azel, and Elisha shall put to death whoever escapes from the sword of Jehu. Yet I will leave 7,000 survivors in Israel. All the knees that have not bowed down to bow, and every mouth that has not kissed him. Ladies and gentlemen, this was Elijah's experience. Imagine every worry, every anxiety. To God, it is nothing. Elijah slept. Why are you staying up awake? And this happens to virtually all of us, including myself. We just stay awake. We're losing sleep. Instead of sleeping, you pace to the left. You're just pacing left, right, left, right. You can't sleep. Why? Because you are thinking, worrying over all that is happening in your life. And then if you're not careful, the devil will now begin to give you his doctrine of you not believing in God anymore. Losing faith in God. You will now begin to question the reality of the supernatural of God. If you are not careful, you will start getting exposed to what you are not supposed to be exposed to. They can tell you, go to the sidekick and read your palm. They can tell you and say, hey, why don't you come to this other God here and just bow. And let them tell you the solution. That wasn't what happened to Elijah. In the story of Elijah, we are going to now go through some points that can help us to overcome a crisis of faith from the way Elijah went through his own how to overcome a crisis of faith the first thing that I want us to look at is in the book of Mark chapter 12 Mark chapter 12 because you will see that God visited Elijah I don't want you to think that God has forgotten you Elijah was at the end point of giving up. Giving up in serving God. He was at the end point of committing suicide. He had withdrawn. So all you're going through is God is not um, ignorant of them. He sees all of those things. And you're not the only one. So don't think that you are a bad person. Don't think that you are just someone that is bad. If it can happen to Elijah as big and powerful as he was, then it can happen to anyone. So you are not just going through something that is out of this world. But Elijah went to sleep. Go to sleep. It was while Elijah went to sleep that he received divine intervention. Ladies and gentlemen, the more you keep worrying over that issue, what you cannot solve, the more it will keep staring at you. But the moment you put it to sleep, 
that angel will appear and give you food. And I'm not talking about physical food now. I'm talking about something that will sustain you. Because when you think you are at the end of everything, a new chapter is just beginning. The angel said, Elijah, eat. He woke him up like two or three times and he said, but eat because the journey is far. This is going to sustain you. And that food he ate sustained him for 40 years. Can you imagine that? 40 years. 40 years. What do you need at every point in your life? It is the word of God. Because the food is the bread of life. For anything that is going, you're going through, what you should consult is your manual. The word of God. What does the word of God say? <clears throat> so let's look at Mark chapter 12. Mark is in the New Testament. Matthew, Mark. Mark 12 from verses 29 to 30. Jesus speaking here. The Bible says, Jesus answered. The first and most important one is, Yeah, O Israel. The Lord our God is one Lord, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, talking about life, and with all your mind, talking about your thoughts, your understanding, and with all your strength. If this is on point in your life, then it is very easy to overcome the crisis of faith. Because your thoughts, your thinking that the devil wants to attack has his allegiance to God. So rather than me think of the symptoms I'm going through, the signals of all that I'm going through, rather than me think and dwell on what I don't have, the problems in my life, the challenges I'm going through, I want to say irrespective of all of those things, I will love you forever. You want to say, I will love God with all my heart. When you're loving him with all your heart, you're saying, with my life, I will love you. <laughs> with my mind, so everything I'm thinking of, the understanding I have would also be to you, towards you, and with all my strength. Galatians chapter 2, verses 20. Galatians is in the New Testament. From Mark, just keep going forward and you will see Romans, keep going forward. You see Corinthians, keep going forward. You will see Galatians. Galatians chapter 2, the second chapter. And we're going to read verses 20. Galatians chapter 2, verses 20. Galatians chapter 2, verses 20. The Bible says, I have been crucified with Christ. That is... In him, I've shared his crucifixion. It is no longer how I will live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body I live by faith, that is, by adhering to, relying on, and completely trusting in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself up for me. The first step to overcoming a crisis of faith is total surrender to God's plan. Because you're going to connect what we read in Mark 12 that says you should love the Lord God with all of your life, your soul, your heart, your mind, your thought, your understanding. 
And this Galatians 2.20 that says that, see, the life you live is not your life. It's Jesus' life. So if it is Jesus' life, then you are surrendering to his plan. The reason why we are still murmuring and we are still feeling shameful of ourselves because you don't have a child, you don't want to go to somebody's baby shower or attend a wedding or go to a family event because you don't have a job, you don't want to attend your friend's wedding because everybody's going to be talking about their job, what, what it's like, and you don't have a job to talk about. Or because you don't have a spouse, you're not married yet. That's why you don't want to go for that family function because you know they're going to ask you, what about your past relationship? Why are you not married yet? At your job, you don't talk about your family because you know you don't have a husband, you don't have a wife. When you surrender to God's plan, you will know all those things do not matter. It doesn't matter where you live. When you surrender to God's plan, all those things don't matter. How do you surrender to God's plan? Your life is not your life. So stop worrying about it. You're worrying over nothing because it's not your life. Galatians 2.20, the life I live is not my life. So, if God will be happy to see me barren, good for him. If God is going to be happy to see me without a job, good for him because the life I live is not my life. It's his life. So, let him have fun making me to be without a house. Okay. No big deal. Total surrender to God's plan because you're saying... You don't have this, you don't have that. Do you know God's plan for your whole life? So that's the first step. I will love him with the whole of my heart. I will love him with the whole of my soul. I will love him with the whole of my mind, my thoughts, my understanding. Because I want to ensure I submit to whatever plan he has for me. How to overcome crisis of faith, the first thing. Total surrender to God's plan. Total surrender to God's plan. I've shared my story with some of you in church. Being a businessman, doing several businesses, preaching the gospel, more of an itinerant minister, going from one country to another country preaching. But I love business. And God said, I want you to start pastoring. And I was not going to agree. <laughs> It was a no, and eh, to the O, capital letter, no. I had to surrender to his plan for my life. Because he showed me Pepe, if you know what that means. God himself showed up. And I had no choice than to surrender to his plan. Every one of us has our plans. My own plan is not to pastor. <laughs> That's the truth. I want to see my dreams come to pass. I had several things in my mind that I've been working on. I had several projects. And not to leave them and come and say, I want to pastor. But disobeying God's plan, or that showed a man that wasn't ready to love God. A man who had not seen his life as the life of Christ. And I was teaching and preaching God's word. I was traveling everywhere, doing all those things for God. Yet, I wasn't in total surrender to God's plan. Yet, I did not love God. I did not surrender to him completely. 
I don't know what you're going through in your life. The first step is to surrender to God's plan. And you got to find out His plan. Revelation chapter 2 verses 5. Revelation is the last book in the Bible. Just go to the last. You will see Revelations. And we're going to be reading the second chapter, chapter 2. And then verses 5. Revelations chapter 2 verses 5. The reason why you are still struggling is because you are yet to surrender to His plan. The reason why nothing is happening in your life is because you are yet to surrender to his plan. Revelation chapter 2 verses 5, it says, So remember the heights from which you are falling and repent. Change your inner self, your old way of thinking, your sinful behavior, seek God's will, and do the works you did at first. When you first knew me, otherwise, I will visit you and remove your lampstand. Your lampstand. The church, its impact from its place, except unless you repent. The second thing you need to know on how to overcome a crisis of faith is that you need to seek to hear his word concerning your life. And that will happen by repenting of any sin. Sin that you know about and sin that you are, you are not aware of. And this is what God, Jesus himself, talking here. That remember the heights from which you are falling. Because of the crisis of faith, all you are going through, you no longer serve God the way you should serve God. You no longer do what God expects you to do. You don't even want to pray anymore. You don't see value in the Bible. When somebody is quoting the Bible for you, you just ease in your mind. Or you have doubts in your heart. They tell you by the stripes of God, Jesus, you can be healed. You feel, no. No. Second thing, seek him to hear his word concerning your life by repenting of any sin known and unknown. And that was what happened to prophet Elijah. He had God's word and he was fed. That gave him sustenance. Second Corinthians chapter 10 verses 5. Just back up from Revelation. Back up. Just keep backing up. You can locate Romans or the book of Acts easily. Or you probably want to start from Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, and then you will see Corinthians. But we're going to be looking at 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verses 5. 2 Corinthians, the 10th chapter, chapter 10, and we're going to read verses 5. The Bible says, We are destroying sophisticated arguments. And every exalted and proud thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God. And we are taking every thought and purpose captive to the obedience of Christ. Another step to overcoming a crisis of faith is that without total obedience, no total surrender and victory. If you cannot obey, you cannot surrender to him totally. And you cannot have victory. The, the, the people often have a misconception of how the devil works. They think the devil is going to come physically and begin to pull your hand or hit you with a fist, a punch. No, you're not on the ring. Not at a boxing ring. Physically. The boxing ring of the devil most times is through our thoughts. 
through our thoughts. What goes through your thoughts? Ladies and gentlemen, you need to stop entertaining worldly thoughts in your mind. What should you entertain in your mind? You need to embrace God's love, God's joy, peace. Even though those things are still there, have peace, have joy, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. In Galatians 2.20, it talks about the fruit of the Spirit. These are the things that you need to think on. In the book of Philippians, it says that whatever is pure, lovely, of good report, it says think on these things. So stop entertaining any accusation, only unanswered questions about suffering. Stop entertaining arguments, sorrows, whatever is going on. Stop entertaining those things in your mind. The devil will keep using that against you. And those are part of his doctrines. What else can you do to overcome a crisis of faith? Praising. Worshipping. Have you experienced some goodness and victories in your life in the past? Then reflect on those things that God has done for you. Your past victories. Your past testimonies. Thank Him for the work of the cross. What He did on the cross. If you read the book of Psalms chapter 13 from verses 5 to 6. Psalms 13 verses 5 to 6. The Bible says, But I have trusted and relied on and been confident in your loving kindness and faithfulness. My heart shall rejoice and delight in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. Sing unto the Lord. Don't copy people because they are prospering. Don't emulate the bad people. Because you feel things are going well for them. They don't believe us. No. If you read the book of Psalms, chapter 13, verses 1 to 4, you will see the same Psalms 13 that we are. We read earlier on. He says, How long will my enemy exalt himself and triumph over me? How long? How long? In verses 2. 2b. Psalms 13, 2b. Don't look at how long your enemy is triumphing over you. Don't look at all that they are going through. Because you keep telling yourself, but they don't pay tithes and they are doing very well. No. Stop. Stop. Because the devil just wants you to keep thinking that way. That's what the devil wants you to keep thinking of. God did not forget Elijah. He visited him. He told him that you will hear him speak to you. God has not forgotten you too. Today, God is speaking to you already. You have the Bible. You have the pastor's teaching. You have all your past victories, past testimonies. Those are what God is using to speak to you. As we close, all I'm saying to you this morning is that let us start thanking God for all that we are going through. Because the Bible says to us that in everything we should give thanks. Thank you. Psalms chapter 30, verses 10 to 12. He says, Yeah, O Lord, be gracious and show favor to me. O Lord, be my helper. You have turned my mourning into dancing for me. 
You have taken off my sackcloth and clothed me with joy, that my soul may sing praise to you and not be silent. O Lord my God, I give thanks to you forever. So rather than murmur, question God, doubt the value of the word of God, to overcome crisis of faith, haven't surrender all to him, haven't begin to seek him to hear his word concerning your life, especially by repenting of the known sins and unknown sins in your life, what you used to do for God in the beginning, in the past, you go back to it and start doing it. You obey, obeying Him totally, surrendering totally. Stop entertaining worldly thoughts in your mind by embracing the fruit of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Praise Him. Then worship Him. Reflect on His goodness and His past victories in your life. Thank Him for the work of the cross. And then begin to pray. And that's why I want us to bow our heads right now as we pray. I want you to start reflecting on your life. Whatever it is that you feel you're going through, I want you to say thank you, Jesus. Thank Him for everything. You don't have food to eat, thank Him. You don't have a job, thank Him. You have pain in your body, thank Him. You're not married yet. You don't have a child yet. Thank him for everything. Thank him for yesterday's blessings. Thank him that you got married anyway. It was God. Some people are not even married. You are married. You might not have the job you really desire, but you have a job. Thank him for that job. Thank him that you have shelter over your head. Thank him for all that he has done for you. As you do that, I want you to begin to pray and say, Father, be gracious to me. Father, show favor to me. Father, be my helper. Turn all my morning into dancing. Be gracious to me. Be favorable to me. Be my helper. Help me. Help me in all areas of my life. Everything that I'm mourning about, Father, turn them to dancing. Take away the sackcloth in my life and clothe me with joy. Me too, I want to be joyful. Lord, let my soul praise you. Let it sing praises to you. Come on, come on, come on. Pray and say, God, be gracious to me. Show favor to me in all areas of my life. Oh, God, be gracious to me, almighty. Be my helper, be my helper. Turn all my morning to dancing. Take off my sackcloth and clothe me with joy. Let my soul sing praise to you, oh God. Come on, come on, lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. Come on. Start by thanking him and pray that he'll be gracious to you. Oh God, show me favor. In all areas of my life, is it at my job? Is it concerning my marital life? Is it concerning my marriage, my home? Is it concerning my finances, my career, my academics? Is it concerning everything that concerns my health? Is it concerning my spirit, my soul, my body, my ministry? Is it concerning your church? Father, I thank you. But Lord, please be gracious to me. Be gracious to my spouse my children and myself. Be gracious to me. Show favor to me, Lord. I also want to testify. I also want to give praise to you. I also want, oh God, to dance in victory. I want my soul to praise you. Clothe me with joy and your name might be glorified. Come on, begin to thank him as you close your prayer. Begin to thank him for answer prayers. Thank him for all he has done for you. Come on, come on, thank him. Thank the all.